Cool Button Hockey Podcast, episode 56 underway. Craig loves the number 56 because it reminds him of his very good buddy, Sergey Zubov. Don't deny, Craig, it does remind you of Sergey Zubov. 56, it's, it only reminds me of Sergey Zubov. You know what? The Minnesota Wild are playing the, the Dallas Stars in Dallas. So, you know, Minnesota North Stars moved down to Dallas. You know, you got, you got two teams. I think the last superstar in Minnesota was Mike Madonna. The current superstar there is Kirill Kaprizov, an unbelievable player. And, you know, it ties in, you know, a Russian Kaprizov, Russian Zuboff. I can only tell you this, Madonna. We get Zuboff. It's a preseason game. And Mike says, geez, I'm kind of going through the middle of the ice, you know, kind of, you know, trying to conserve energy, not really too worried. Like, can, you know, the puck rarely comes through there, right? He goes, the puck comes right off my stick, bang, bang. He goes, oh, my, I can't believe that. That's Zubov. He goes, I never missed another pass from Zubov. That guy was unbelievable. When the great players talk about how great other players are, you listen. <laughs> We're going to talk about KK97, what he's done really as a 97 birth and what a birth year that is and will turn out to be in the history of the game. Uh, should have probably been in the NHL earlier. Like, uh, that's how good uh, he was at that age. But because of other issues, he didn't. But uh, Billy Guerin's lucky and glad to have him in. Uh, he's changed the face of Minnesota hockey for sure. Uh, going back to Wednesday, a quieter Wednesday. Wow. Rangers not giving up on first in the Metro. And Colorado waiting for L.A. to show up. L.A. plays Chicago. That's like, what's that like? That's like shopping at uh, Bargain Herald. It's, a, it's kind of a thrift store. And then you walk to Rodeo Drive and say, honey, we can't, I can't afford to pay for the parking. Get out of here. Let's get out of here. It was over at the home of the brave. Makar, wow, I'm happy for Bo Byram and Nate McKinnon, who stopped celebrating after, well, you, you tell me. It, it, it's not about saying, wow, they're going to win the Cup because we already know that they can and McTemper could very well win the Cup. It shows you the tears of the league. It reminded me of saying Edmonton that's been a disgrace on the road. Like, it, like what the Oilers have been – what the Oilers are doing is showing they're not anywhere close. And L.A. playing Edmonton is almost a play-in NBA style. The fact that they get to play each other is a gift from the hockey gods. Seeing what Colorado did yesterday, I felt sorry for Quick and Cal Peterson. Was anybody else just, I think they thought about going to the e-bug. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I mean, let's start there only because it was like this. That's what I saw on Wednesday night. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think there's any question. I mean, you know, they, they beat Chicago and you're going, oh, now, now you got to go into Colorado. Good luck, right? Like, you know, and I, I like to make the crack that like the turning point of the game and then you show the opening face off. That's when it turned. But I, I, I think it was when they landed <laughs> the night before in Denver. <laughs> that, that was the turning point because, you know, and, and how many times do you hear this? you know, from coaches, we want to get right on them early and we want to kill their spirit. <laughs> well, the spirit was, was, was over. I mean, it was dampened. And I mean, you talk about uh, tears, right? Like tears. And I, I like what the LA Kings have done, but th th there's no way they, they, they have no chance. Remember when Daryl Sutter said, yeah, you're the, uh, you're the second wild card. Well, you get to spend eight days and you're out. <laughs> if you play the Colorado avalanche, yeah, I think Daryl's spot on there. <laughs> yeah, 
That's how it's feeling, isn't it? Oh. And when I, when I look at Taves and Makar and oh. what a game for I think Makar was like, don't forget about me, Roman Yossi, and uh, how much he can close the gap, I'm not too sure. But, uh, I mean, that was special. And so you've got Makar and Taves, Samuel Gerrard and Josh Manson, and Byram back, like Bo Byram back with Eric Johnson. You talk about six men deep with other guys that they've got at seven, eight, and nine on that team with that goalie, still no Landeskog and still no Kadri. That's what I'm saying. And they're going to come back, I guess, sort of refreshed when you get time. Like <laughs> LA's best season, LA's best season with Gretzky there. Gretzky only played half the year. They only played half the year, right? Bit older, 93 sort of refreshed and then you come back and they went on that long run of course they didn't beat montreal i just look at colorado and i think kemper and those six before i get to the 12 forwards craig uh, reminds me of your uh, dallas stars uh, deep on the blue line well one of the things you know the colorado avalanche had some great teams we we really felt in dallas that we were able to beat them in back-to-back years in the in the conference final 99 and, and 2000 it's because we felt we had a deeper team you know, they had Sackick and Forsberg and Foote and, and, and Hayduke and, I mean, and Patrick. I mean, they had some really good, you know, but we felt we could get deeper into the lineup and wear them out. It, it took seven games. But, you know, we talked about the playoffs being about who can go the, long, the hardest, the longest. And we, we prevailed in, in both those years. And I don't think when I look at the Colorado Avalanche, they don't suffer from that. Last year, so think about this. I, I, I've said this all the way through. To me, Kemper's an upgrade on Philip Grubauer. So they have Kemper in the net now. Eric Johnson was not available last year. He's there. Bowen Byron wasn't playing last year. And Josh Manson wasn't in the lineup. <laughs> so like, so now you got three defensemen that, 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 are, that, that are significant. A goaltender that's an upgrade. And I haven't even got into Ratton and Landeskog, McKinnon, Kadri, you know, Burkowski. I mean, like on and on. And then the trade, they, they trade for Lekonen, right? They trade for Nico Sturm. I mean, Joe Sackick knows like Joe Sackick and, 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 and let me just, uh, it's a little shout out here. I'm going to, I feel it's important to do, you know, I, I get asked a lot about GM candidates, right? And m- most people go, well, you know, who, uh, who, whose name should I throw out there? You never hear Chris McFarland's name out there. Chris McFarland could be a GM in the national hockey league right now. And you look at a situation in, in, in Colorado with Joe Sackick and Chris, M- Chris McFarland, if he wants to be a GM in the NHL, all Joe Sackett has to do is phone somebody and say, hire this guy. He's that good. And, you know, you look at how they've built their team and managed their cap and everything. Just brilliant. Just brilliant. And remember the hardest thing, maybe it wasn't hard, but Joe Sackett had to tell Patrick Waugh, you're out of here. Because <laughs> Patrick Waugh was taking that team into the ditch. That's managing. You have to look past friendships. You have to look back past back history to look forward. And remember there was a time that, and fairly, I think it was 48 points. There was a, you know, a stench of Colorado, Wah, Bednar, get rid of this guy. And it, it kind of, it goes to kind of show you about Al Arbor and the Islanders. Imagine if it was now, Al Arbor would have been fired two and a half years into his Islander tender, right? It would have been like, what, what are these guys doing? And I think that's vision and planning and, and knowing. And there was a time I think people said, Joe Sackick shouldn't be the GM. He should just be like a, the figurehead or a president and hire a real general manager there. And the way he played out the Matt Duchesne, like think about that oh. situation. We all, I know I was saying enough already, enough already. And what Matt Duchesne did 
the trade, it really made McKinnon the first overall pick that he really was because his first year at 63 points, he was good. Then he was kind of middling McKinnon and it took for Duchesne to go for him to spread his superstar wings. And we see it now. He might be the scariest guy, scarier with the puck than McDavid or Matthews with his speed, bringing the puck in and chopping onions the way he does. And that was Joe Sackick that waited on his terms to make that trade, Craig. As a manager should always do. You don't make the trade on, but I said it at the time. You make the trade. Somebody goes, well, it's a bad influence in the dressing room. I said, only if Matt Duchesne wants to be a bad influence. And like, everybody thinks that like, so if Matt Duchesne wants to be traded, well, go play, play good, play hard, be good. <laughs> then you'll be, then you'll get your wish. But for Joe Sackett, you, you don't trade somebody on somebody else's terms. You trade them on your terms. And, and you're right. You know, Nathan McKinnon, rookie of the year. And then it wasn't until his fifth season. He went through three years. He had signed the contract. A lot of people thought, oh, my, I can't believe they're signing Nathan McKinnon. Now they're all going, what a bargain, right? Yeah, it was his fifth year. And, and you know what? Like, and I'm just going to kind of give a little quick little segue. You know, Alexi Lafreniere didn't play on Wednesday night. He didn't, he didn't play. He was, and Gerard Glantz says, don't worry. Everybody else is like, oh, Lafreniere, what's wrong with him? Nothing's wrong with him. You know what? He went through a full year without playing. Just give him some time. He's going to be fine in my view. Well, time will tell, but one, one game he doesn't play, Nathan McKinnon's a great example. So let's go back to that whole thing when you, when you talk about Joe, right? Like Joe coming into a scenario, feeling his way. I said this to many people. Joe knows what, what a good team smells like. He knows what it feels like. He knows what it looks like. Now you got to get comfortable with your own uh, presence in, in, as a manager. Joe's more than comfortable in his own bed. And Chris McFarland, you don't hear the name. You don't hear the name Chris McFarland because he probably doesn't talk to the insiders. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've made a note of it. Uh, the way Bruce gave us this note, which ties in nicely. Kale McCarr, 26 goals this season, became the eighth defenseman NHL Blue Liner to record 80 points in a campaign before the age of 24. And the first since, Sergei Zubov with the Rangers in 93-94. Does that tie into 56 oh, or what? It's brilliant. How does, how does the saying go? Bruce, there it is. Bruce, there it is. <laughs> I love our Bruce Boudreaux and our Bruce Bolton. If Bruce gets in, like if, like if something happens, because we're going to get to Thursday and the schedule, but to, to tag on the Ranger Lafreniere situation, the Rangers just losing to Carolina. Did somebody say 4-2 empty net goal? I'm, I'm just okay. I'm just okay. I mean, yeah. To call, I think to call. I, I, I think I I think I recall that. I think uh, I think I think the person that I heard say it vividly and reminded me of it a number of times is his his initials are SK. First name Steve, last name Coolius. Yeah, yeah. You said it. You called it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess I got a little lucky. Um, I will say about the Rangers and no Lafreniere on Wednesday and back to backs and all that stuff. It did kind of say okay. Capo year back and Capo Caco had the game by scoring for the first time since December 15th. I think it was to kind of say, listen, I'm, I'm all in two. Don't forget about me. I want to be on the third line, which could be Heedle, um, Lafreniere and Capo Caco. It could be, and gives the Rangers more options. You called Andrew cop and there he is again. And there's Andrew cop grabbing the puck on the 50th goal by Kreider, like the new guy there, you know, it's just, it's, it's fitting in nicely. Vetrano too bad for Tyler Mott. Uh, they're not going to beat the Canes, I think, for first because the Canes have Detroit and there's another game to be played and they've got the regulation win tiebreaker. 
but they're right there, man. Like they're right there. And if we said, if it's tears, if it's Florida, Tampa, if it is Florida, Tampa, Carolina in tier one, it is for my East, the head of tier two are the Rangers. I say, why not the Rangers and kudos to Chris Kreider, Kreider joining Vic Hadfield, Adam Graves and, and, and Yager. And it's funny. Yager's different, but the other guys had one year wonders out of the, like they, they all came out of the blue. They all came out of the blue. I just started watching as a young kid, like the Vic Hatfield the year before and the year after he was nowhere near 50 Adam Graves, nowhere near it. So it was a special year, special year. And that year was a special year for the Rangers. The Graves year was a special year for the Rangers. So maybe this year will be a special year for the Rangers, Craig. Well, I mean, I, I, I think they've made really significant strides ahead. It wasn't that long ago that they were sending a letter to their, uh, to their fans and season ticket hold. Here's our path. Here's why we're doing it. And here's what's going to happen. And I'd, I think Gerard Glant has, has been terrific in there and, and done a really nice job. Uh, that being said, you know, you, we, we talk about our friend, Mike Kelly at sport logic. Yep. And he said he was, he, he worked on a piece yesterday Players that score 50 goals as opposed to 50 goal scores. Vic Hatfield scored 50. Adam Graves scored 50. Chris Kreider scored 50. They're not 50 goal scores. And, and they will forever, uh, you know, uh, have this accomplishment, a significant accomplishment, right? Mark Messier only scored 50 once. Mm-hmm. Did you? Nobody considered Mark Messier a, a 50 goal scorer. He only did it once, right? The 50 goal scorers are Yager, Stamkos, Matthews. Those are the guys. And, and it's a nice distinction. Guys that have scored 50 and guys that are 50 goal scorers. There is a difference between the two. Yeah. Uh, and it's neat. Uh, I think it's the second time two American-born players have scored 50 in the same season. Um, it, it's, it's neat that there's a lot of things happening this year that we kind of haven't seen since 92-93. Johnny Goodrow gets to 100 points. When's the last time, time that happened? Theo Fleury, your buddy in 92-93. 92-93 was seven and change goals per game, 14 50-goal scores, 276, 21 at 100. That's kind of where we are now, Craig. Are we going to get a dip next year? We've had 115 goalies play. I'm going to guess next year everyone doesn't need three goalies. Uh, we're back to normalcy. Like, is this where we are? Or will things – and I'm okay if it's that window of 6 to 6. Point, we're at 6.24 now. So do we get a little bit more, I don't want to say defensive, but you're not going to play a lot of American hockey. We've had a lot of guys in the league that this year eh, probably won't be in the league next year. Goalies, defensemen, et cetera. So I don't want to say market correction, but as good as this year has been, let's enjoy it because next year, those numbers might come down, Robert. They might come down a little bit, right? Yeah, I, 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 for all the points that you mentioned, uh, over a thousand skaters have, have played in the NHL this year. For, for for really pandemic reasons, right? And you know, and and then you talk about the, over a hundred goalies. I mean, it's never happened, right? So you know, when you when you consider that, yeah, I call it a market correction. Here, here's what I'll say, Steve. And you know, in March of 2020, the world changed and the NHL stopped. And and then it came news came that they were going to start up again, right? And I said, what an unbelievable opportunity for the coaches. Because they've worked with their with, with with their team all the way into March to the stop, right? So you knew your team, you knew what you had, and and then I wanted to see what teams, you know, had like what 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 they did, what coaches did with all that time to prepare, knowing their team. Remember, when you come into the beginning of the year, you're trying to feel out new players and everything. The, the team that was coming back was exactly the team they left. 
I can't begin to tell you how disappointed I was in a number of teams because I, I'm watching them come back and play. And I'm going, oh, geez, that's not very impressive. Like all that time to prepare and evaluate, right? They did. So it, the reason I bring that up is you watch now and you see offense and you see how, how gifted offensive players can play. I know that not every team has offensive players, right? But to me, are you going to keep pushing that envelope? Are you going to keep pushing the offense? That's that's the answer. I I hope. Will there be a little bit of a correction? Yeah, probably because of the number of players that won't get the opportunity to play that aren't of the NHL caliber on a consistent basis. Yes, I I hope it doesn't dip <laughs> too much, because yeah. you know the 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 skilled players and 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 everything that goes with it, the way they play. Let's keep encouraging that. But as you know, and I know, coaches, a lot of times, you don't want to play to the lowest common denominator. Okay. Well, when I look at it, I say, when you bring in more and more skill, and especially younger skill, they're better at offense than playing great defense. So if you want to play a 1-3-1 with those guys, it might be a little bit harder to shut things down when they want the puck and they want to go through the neutral zone. The new rules have helped. Um, Coaches see the skill as opposed to what might have been, you know, dead puck era. Just go on the ice 30 seconds, hit as many people as you can and get out. And and, and the guys had no hands. They got no, they, they didn't need a stick. They just went out. You, you know what it was when it was top six, bottom six. Oh, but when we've got nine and three now and there's more skill, you kind of have to, you know, if you walk into the restaurant and there's sushi and steak and, chi- you know, you're not making a burger. That's, that's, that's way down on the menu. I've got escargot. I, I've got filet mignon. And, and there's a lot of that in the league, Craig. So I would bet that if that kind of player is around, then the skill will win over just will. And I think that's good for entertainment. Yeah, 100%. So, so you know what we got to do? Here's what we got to do. Here's what I would say, okay? Yeah. We got to bet that the coaches are going to put a chip in on skill and let us keep going six and above goals per game. All right, Mr. Button, time now for KB on Ice and Inside Look at the NHL brought to you by our friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is Canada Sportsbook 19 plus play responsibly. What do you like? Who do you got? What do you say? I watched the game Tuesday night with Vegas and Vancouver, and everybody goes, oh, look at the shots on goal. Oh, Vegas played really good. You know, in the slot battle, slot shot battle, Vancouver was better than the Vegas Golden Knights. That's why I'm not a big fan of the Vegas Golden Knights as a Stanley Cup contender, right? Oh, yeah, keep keep, keep kidding yourself, right? Well, you know who defends the slot the best in the National Hockey League? Calgary Flames. Good luck, Vegas. Good luck. You got spanked 6 nothing last time you were in here. And I'll tell you what, Daryl Sutter will have the Flames going, going, going. Vancouver Canucks against Arizona. Win at home. Knights lose on the road. Oh, boy. That playoff race gets a little tighter with Vancouver's hopes going up and the Vegas Gold Knights going down. <laughs> I think this is a, a big, bad moment for Vegas hockey this year. I'm with you on Calgary. I guarantee they'll win. I guarantee Markstrom, after getting pulled 3-1, he wasn't happy about that. You're going to see the best of Markstrom. And to double, my daily double, I'm going to take Dallas to win, even if it's in overtime or a shootout, over Minnesota. So a Dallas win and a Vegas loss is really going to affect the odds against Vegas. Okay, there's our head-to-head. We agree on Vegas-Calgary. I'm taking Minnesota against the Stars. (laughs) 
beautiful. They're kind of playing themselves if you go back to Craig's uh, Minnesota <laughs> hockey history. With the most competitive odds, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod. That's sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod. 19 plus. Play responsibly. All right, Mr. Button. Thursday, April 14th is another special night among so many special nights. April 12th, late March. We've had some unbelievable, terrific Tuesdays and fantastic Thursdays. We have a storyline brewing of goals. I don't know if your buddy Ovi's getting four. Kind of would like him to get four. And he is playing the Leafs. And they kind of, you know, sometimes get a little leakage as your uh, sports logic numbers talk about uh, zone entries and what they give up off the rush. But anyway, Matthews 58, Ovi 46. Maybe Ovi's saying, not so fast, young guy. I'm still Alexander Ovechkin. Uh, I want to get to 50. It'll help against the Leafs. I don't think... I don't think we're seeing a one nothing game in Toronto. So many neat stories. <laughs> Remember when Washington was here and Toronto was here and they met in the playoffs and Washington won, they said the Leafs are coming. Then the Washington Capitals won their cup. Well, now, do, do, this is my Sesame Street. Do, 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 do. <laughs> now the Leafs kind of be, and Washington's here, a little bit older, and now they're playing again. I find it a very intriguing matchup. If you know the mini history, you know what I'm saying? From 2017 to 2022, maybe this is finally the year for Toronto. Maybe the Capitals, in a way, help them mature albeit slowly along the way well you, certainly that could be the case right and, and and you when you play good teams and you play championship teams and the, and the washington capitals have fallen into both categories you, you know you 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 get a firsthand experience of what it takes to win right and like you know hey the washington capitals benefited from the pittsburgh penguins make no mistake about it right so you know but to me, we go to the OV Matthews. Matthews, to me, he's the best goal scorer in the NHL right now. I said it the other day on Sports Center. You know what? He has the penthouse now, Matthews, in terms of goal scoring, right? The greatest of all time, it, 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 it's going to be Ovechkin because he's going to pass Gretzky. You know what? You know what? The beginning of this year, everybody was well. If he averages thirty-three goals a, a season, right? Like he's going to get fifty because you know that'll be that'll nine. That'll be nine. That'll time with Gretzky and Bossy. You know, continued prayers for Mike Bossy and his family. But you know, think about Ovechkin. Like he, he's closing in. Like he'll be a hundred and if he gets fifty this year, he'll be a hundred and fourteen behind Gretzky. <laughs> 114. Oh yeah. So he's got four years left on his contract. Ooh, yeah. That's less than, you know, that's less than 30 a year now. And he'll probably score 50 next year. <laughs> like the guy's amazing. He really is. And so is Matthews. Here's what I would say watching that game. They do it differently. They do it differently. You know, Ovi with the patented one-timer, Matthews attacks from so many different angles and, and can beat you in so many different ways, not only with the shot, with the skating how many times did we see Ovi just kind of skate we know the brilliant goal he scored against the former Phoenix Coyotes <laughs> in those uniforms I don't even know what you would call those uniforms you know <laughs> but you know Ovi scored in a manner that was very defined Matthews is not defined he doesn't let himself be defined in one area what a what a brilliant matchup on a Thursday night in Toronto yeah and they actually for scheduling purposes play twice in april which is important for both teams because toronto wants at least second in the well second in the division the capitals are kind of closing in on the penguins and jari struggled 
Where are we on the realism of their, if the Caps win their games in hand, they are now, the narrative has changed. They avoid Florida and would get probably the Rangers when at one point we've carved in stone. Florida, Washington, first round. I'm selling tickets. Whoa. I love about expecting the unexpected that you taught me, Craig. The only thing I'm willing to guarantee now in the East, Florida wins the conference. That's it. The rest you can put into a jar every combination that has Toronto second, third, or fourth, Tampa second, third, or fourth, Boston second, third, or fourth, Pittsburgh four, Capitals three, Rangers one, Carolina, like all this, and I love it. So now the Capitals, and they're playing their best hockey right now. If they chase down and pass Pittsburgh, oh, I did not see that coming, Mr. Button. Didn't see it coming. I recall somebody saying prior to Tuesday night that I was picking the Islanders to beat the Penguins. Try to recall where I heard that, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, You know, you know, it gives me a little, another opportunity. You're right. Like, you know, put the balls in a, in in a, in a tube and like pop them up because right now, you know, Tampa Bay, you know, Scott Wedgwood was great the other night on Tuesday versus, uh, versus uh, the lightning for the stars, a, a big important win there. How about, a, how about a Danny Kuznetsov, though, and, and the rebound season he's had? You know, you think about, remember, Backstrom's been hurt. He hasn't been at full force. Eller was out of the lineup. A lot of the heavy lifting at the center ice position fell on Evgeny Kuznetsov's shoulders. He, you know, th- that is one of the most underrated strong seasons of anybody in the NHL this year, I think, in, in Kuznetsov. And good for you for bringing it up because the cat, when a team doesn't do sexy things, and when they're good enough to make it, but they're eighth, it's different from a team like the Kings that comes from here. Oh, and they're second when they were. Oh, we got to give Deneau credit and Trevor Moore credit. Or when a team we didn't think was going to make it does, then we kind of look at reasons for their success. You go Kuznetsov, Backstrom, Eller, healthy, and in the playoffs. Okay, it will come down to Samsonov and Vanacek. We can talk about other things. But there's, a, there's still a lot there. Yeah, they're not tier one or tier two. They're tier three in the conference. I, I get that part. But we haven't seen them all at their best at the same time. And we're kind of slowly seeing it now. That's what I think is scary as the Penguins kind of dip a little bit. So it's an intriguing storyline, as is the Oilers. And uh, I didn't like what I saw in Minnesota. When it gets hard and heavy, where are they on the inside? So McDavid didn't get that assist in the 5-1 game. That actually was touched by Hyman, if you're keeping track. He was given the point. And it was taken away because Hyman did touch it on the goal by 29 Dreisaitl. So now I look at the Oilers and I do think if they do play the Kings, we've already talked about that. I want to just see some inside hockey. I want to see something other than Kane taking on five players because for everything they've done and kind of move the puck forward, there's a lot like, I think tonight, Nashville, April 14th, I want to see, give me something. I don't care if you win or not. Show me that you care and you can play playoff hockey, Craig. I, I think they care. I know what you're saying. You know, we, we, we throw that word out and it, you know, it's, it's not, it's not that they don't care, but it's about, can you dial in again, back to that line, who can go the hardest, the longest, right. And playoffs are about who can, who gets the four wins first. Right. And Minnesota's a hard team. Nashville plays hard. Yes. They have used sorrows, but that's a hard team. They come after you and, and, and they can make life really, really challenging. And it, it's not even so much about like, 
you know, as Daryl Sutter would tell his players years ago, he said, listen, Craig Conroy, you're matching up against this guy tonight. He goes, I'd like you to get the advantage. He goes, but if you don't get the advantage, you better at least tie. <laughs> a lot of times the playoffs are about just sawing it off, right? Because once you start to fall on the other side of that, and now they're winning the battle, those battles build, those battles build, and, 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 the, and the wins build. And now you're up against it. I thought on Tuesday night for the Edmonton Oilers, I mean, Duncan Keith's a Hall of Famer, and he's had great moments. Tuesday night was not one of them. <laughs> like, just be rid of that. Evan Bouchard and, and, and Duncan Keith, it was just a disaster. You know, nothing on Koskin in that night because of the, the way they scored the goal. But, you know, it was interesting when I go back to, and, I, and, and you know, forget about the whole Hartman-Kane aftermath. Let, let, let's just put that aside. It was what led up to the whole thing, right? You have, you have Yamamoto who, who, who can stir it up, and he's a competitor. That thing goes all the way up the ice. It's, it's, it, it, it starts with Yamamoto versus Kaprizov on the boards. Then it's Zuccarello and Yamamoto, right? And then Kaprizov comes over to Yamamoto. It wasn't the heavyweight division. <laughs> you know, it wasn't. Right? You know, it, it was, it was, it, and, and then all of a sudden, Evander Kane's, Ryan Hartman was right. Ryan Hartman was right. And, 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 I, and you noticed it. There was one oiler and five wild guys. Like, what's going on here? What's going on here? Honestly, like, you know what? All in, all in together. It was interesting. Um, I agree with the fine. Of, yeah, I do be, too. Oh, yeah, you can't act it. like that. But but, but th this ties in nicely because Minnesota's they got the skill and the will. Like they're Ooh. this is going to be interesting for them because they're they're not Colorado, let's say, or Calgary. But then if the Rangers are the beginning of tier two in the East, if tier two starts with Minnesota in the West and St. Louis is eh, behind them, sorry, then that's neat. And then you talked about Kaprizov. He tries to go through the legs. Is Kirill Kaprizov either the best since Mike or will he end up being the best hockey player the state of Minnesota has ever seen on either the Wild or the North Stars? Well, you know, Mike, Mike, Mike played there only uh, for four seasons. Right. So, you know, and, and we know what, what he went on to do. I mean, he's in the hall of fame, a great player. I mean, a superstar. Uh, it, it, Kaprizov has won the rookie of the year, <laughs> right? He's won the rookie of the year. Mike didn't win the rookie of the year. Do you remember who won it that year? You're the, you're the, you're the award. You're, you're the award trophy, uh, the trophy award winner. Medano Linden year together. They came in. No, the Linden played, uh, Mike went back to junior. So Linden's first year was uh, 88, 89. Mike's first year was 89, 90. So 89, 90 would be the Yager year. No, nope. Yager. Yager was drafted in 1990. His first year was 90, 91. 90, uh, Yeah, the 90 draft was the big five that Yager fell to five and the Penguins yeah. won the lottery again, even though it wasn't yeah. a lottery. So the 1990. Uh, Rookie of the year. Nine, so 90. I can't remember off the top of my head, 90. Sergey Makarov. <laughs> oh, the 30-year-old rookie, yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, yes. rules have changed since then, right? Like, you know, yes. so like, you know, so anyway, I go back. Mike played four seasons in, in Dallas, right? And I mean, he was terrific and everything. And we know what he went on and did. 
I, I've said it. Kaprizov is the first superstar to suit up for a Minnesota NHL-based team since Madonna. Okay. Kaprizov signed for a long time. If he continues at this pace, you know what? I, I guess based on longevity and, and, what, and how he produces, he, he'll end up, you know, being the best uh, player to ever suit up for a, a, a Minnesota-based NHL franchise. Yeah, yeah, and good for Zuccarello. First time for Norway at the Olympics, and my amateur scouting said, I think this guy can play in the NHL, so I'm happy about that. It's a different kind of first line with Hartman and him, but it's working, and the real truth is KK97 is a 97 birth, should have been in the NHL earlier. So, like, Timo Solani was, like, 22-23. Kaprizov, McDavid has got seven years under his belt. This is Kaprizov's second. Surely Kaprizov could have played, if not a teenager, as a 20-year-old. So that's the only thing I... I feel bad about because he should should have could have would have been ready earlier. This should be at least his third or fourth year, Craig, in the NHL. Like, let's be honest here. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I mean, he like I I watched Kirill play for a long time. Was he capable of playing in the NHL? There's no question he was capable of playing in the NHL at a younger age. Contract had a big part of that, and one of the one of the big challenges, you know, for NHL teams is the pressure that the young players get to sign these long term contracts to stay in the KHL. KHL, uh, you know, the the, the leagues <laughs> crumbling. It's like Humpty Dumpty. You know, are they going to be able to put it back together again? <laughs> yeah. You know, and you you see players that are not going back. I mean, you just read about some Swedish players that uh, you know you know terminated their contracts. We're done over there. So I get it. They wanted to keep their young players, but when you're taking young players like Matt Vay Mitchkoff, terrific young player in St. Petersburg, but they, they, Oh, you got to sign this contract for five years or we're going to bury you. You know, Yaroslav Askarov, he played six games this year. He said, I'm not signing like, you know, all these long-term contracts. Right. And now he's, you know, David Paul and the Nashville Predators are, are, are working to get him over here. So that's what happened to Kaprizov. When you're 16 years old, hot, like, and they're putting this kind of pressure on you, you don't really have anywhere to go. Like, what do you do? And 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 there's significant financial rewards for signing those contracts. But that's what's happening. That's why Kaprizov wasn't over here earlier. Was he capable of coming over here earlier? No question. Could he have been the rookie of the year if he came over here earlier? No question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad you explained that because sometimes people just don't get it. And I and I think from doing the show, especially stateside, they you know what's going on here. You need to know what they've done to say, guarantee you some success. Can play with the men. It will take you past 21, 22. Like it's not as if I want to opt out. Excuse me, because I've got some KHL stories. Tyler Moss and others have told me about things that you don't want to know how they can terminate a contract with the little uh, gift they've got uh, in the top drawer. But that's a story for another day. Uh, and that kind of, it kind of explains where things are at over there. Um, the Vegas, the Dallas, the Vancouver, it all kind of ties together because we've got a great smorgasbord again. We've got a great little buffet. So as much as it's fun and sexy when Vegas wins and goes on a bit of a roll, this terrific Tuesday moving to fabulous, whatever I said about Thursday, I think tonight's going to be a bad night for Vegas hockey. I think there's going to be the more three point games there are that percentage of money puck making it when we wake up Friday morning, I think it's going to be in a bad spot for Vegas. I think the stock, um, the stock is falling, Craig. It's not going to be a good night in Alberta for the Vegas golden Knights. It might not be a good Friday for the Vegas golden Knights. <laughs> <laughs> not a good Easter weekend, <laughs> but you know what? They do control that, right? They do control. I mean, you know, that six, nothing last time they played in Calgary, they, they, they got thumped, thumped. And, 
you know, you, 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 you see a team that, that went on a little bit of a run here. I, I'll tell you what, like they were lucky to win against, they were, they were lucky to get a point against Vancouver the other night. I mean, Leonard had to make two, three really great saves when it was four, three or Vancouver would have got the, uh, they would not have allowed Vegas to even get one point again, like, you know, and, and like where, where, like what we got to really ask, where is Mark Stone in terms, not, not in terms of his health, in terms of his ability to perform at this level, we know how good Mark Stone is. When, but like, it's not just about getting healthy. It's about are you ready to 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 perform at the level that you've done? I don't know where he's at. Like, so you get him back, that's nice. But is he ready to do that? It's no different than Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel didn't play for a year. We know how good Jack Eichel is when he when he's close to one hundred percent or one hundred percent. He hasn't been there yet, and it's it's still taking him some time. The Vegas Golden Knights, you know, I know the injuries have hurt them and everything, but. I watched them against Vancouver, and that's that was a depleted Vancouver team. Like, keep in mind that they got some good players out of the lineup, and they took it to the Vegas Golden Knights. And how about Elias Pettersson? Oh, Just, best hockey of his career. Best hockey oh, of his career right now. Oh, and talk about feeling it. Wow. The pass to Brad Richardson? Oh. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Oh, and the goal that was credited to him, Leonard Fish, fish out of water there. Craig. Oh, like that. <laughs> That's that's not good, man. It's it's not. I didn't mean to cut you off about Pedersen. No, but no, it's good. No, it, no, you're right. Right. No, I, no, it's good. Yeah. Because so somebody told me many years ago, when a goaltender is lying flat on his stomach, <laughs> it's bad. It's never, it's never a good thing to see on the video. <laughs> a six four goalie on their stomach isn't six four anymore. It's no. like the worst place. Look at goalies who finish on the stomach. How how the, the play usually ends with a red light above the neck because <laughs> it's bad. It, it, it's very, very bad, but it's intriguing. As you said here, I'm following your script, you know, Vegas against Calgary, Dallas, Minnesota, Vancouver, Arizona. Like it could just be, just give me hope. Have you ever seen before we get the final thoughts, a run where a team does, I'm not talking about the penguins because they're at the top of the order, but a team, somebody said there was a famous run Leafs Rangers 59 all it ended up doing was getting in and losing to Montreal, I think, anyway, um, as they were, you know, in the middle of their dynasty. A run where a team, like, went seven in a row or six in a row and gets the math and gets in. You know, like, what's the biggest run of saying, well, if you win your last nine games, kid, you might be able to make the playoffs. I mean, that's what Vancouver's going to need, right, for a miracle to, to happen here. Like, New, you're, you're, New Jersey you Devils it did it. What? New, Jersey De- New Jersey Devils did it. What? What's your remember? 90- Overtime. Don't you remember oh, overtime? 87, 88, Sean Burke, uh, John McClain. He did it. Over- he did it against <laughs> Chicago, Darren Pang, 1988. <laughs> Look at we just solved our own riddle. We did. But you know what? You know the history, right? There, there it is, right? Like, you know what? We didn't have to go back to 1959. What a run that was, right? Like, what a run that was. <laughs> yeah. And that was a sign of. Uh, things to come uh, not a sign but a light fixture <laughs> ultimate hockey fans uh ladies and gentlemen ultimate hockey fans.com forward slash cool button pod for ceiling fans puck light fixtures or anything else there's some neat things that our buddy paul cohen is doing i uh, listens to every episode so we're into final thoughts um craig there's a lot on the table here there's a lot on the table and kudos to all the ncaa players who've made their nhl debuts and 
look good doing it. Matty Beneers looked great on Tuesday night, like, you know, playing and everything. Kent Johnson, the magic man. He, he, I mean, he's so gifted watching the game last uh, on Wednesday night versus Montreal. He, 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 He's like Trevor Zegers, trust me, because there's not a play he thinks he can't make. And more times than not, a lot more times than not, he makes them. And that confidence that goes with it. I, I love Ken Johnson, Trevor Zegers. So, okay, I got to whisper this. So my daughter's getting married this summer. Wonderful guy. He's an Edmonton Oilers fan. My daughter's a Flames fan. Oh boy, how does that work out? Like talk about starting a marriage with conflict. <laughs> but anyway, so John loves the Oilers. He loves the Oilers, loves them to death. I'm going to get Paul to make me something for John. He, because you know what, Steve, he, he wants to have his own little kind of uh, hockey cave. Like you have your hockey office, like, you know, so I'd, shh, don't be telling everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm guessing it's Chandler, right? Cause Chandler. Yeah. It's years older. Guessing, right. Chandler yeah, and John. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. That's outstanding. Uh, great time in there in your lives for sure. Uh, I want to talk about Owen power. They got to change his hockey DB picture. Cause that picture is like, he's Clark Kent now watching him. He's a mini Superman. Like, and he's a movie star, the flowing lock, the comfortability 19 breaking up passes, Giordano and Matthews. They got their number one. As you said, they got it. He's going to be a stud. And what he's already done to lead to this point is, is I think amazing. And the best is yet to come. So I know they wear the Sabre logo and it's a B and it's a, oh, the swords, but um, it, there could be an S under there. So congratulations to Buffalo, to Owen Power, his 92-year-old grandmother at the game. He plays in his hometown and his parents there. Unbelievable. Change the DB picture because you're a movie star now, kid. Um, that's the way he's looking in those flowing locks instead of the glasses that make him look like Clark Kenton, an accountant, Craig. That's my final thought. Well, it's great. And Owen is a terrific player. And, you know, I'm going to finish with this. Okay, your final thoughts. Here's my final. I, I, I've compared Owen Power, his game, the way he controls it with his mind to Chris Pronk. And, you know, and keep in mind, people go, oh, yeah, well, Owen Power, he's not this. Okay, yeah, good, whatever, right? You know, Chris Pronger was traded. You remember he got traded as a youngster? You know, defensemen need to mature. We're talking about one of the top defensemen of his generation and Chris Pronger. The other thing I'll say about Chris, he, he he's now uh, putting, he, he's on social media now talking about the life and finances of NHL players. I, I, I would follow Chris. This is real life experience. And, you know, everybody thinks, that because you're making all this money at a young age. Chris Pronger has real life experience. His dad was a significant accountant. He knows. So give Chris a follow and pay attention to what he's saying. He's not only a Hall of Famer on the ice, he's got some real words of wisdom uh, to, to deal with uh, financial, to have financial success after. And talking about defensemen, the Sergei Zuboff episode 56 of the Cool Button Hockey Podcast is over right now. You have a good Friday, have a great Easter weekend, and we will talk to you on Monday. Ciao.